iTunes presents Meet the Filmmaker at the Tribeca Film Festival. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Nia Rodalos and director Donald Petrie. This is Donald. <laughs> and I'm David. I'm, I'm neither of you. So, um, but this is a wonderful film that you collaborated on. And I want to start by asking you, since you um, have the advantage of being both a screenwriter and, a direct, and, a, and an actress, and actually you are also a director now, also a director, um, tell us about finding this screenplay and what attracted you to it? Why did you decide you wanted to be involved? Well, after my Big Fat Greek wedding, it seems like I, I think we were offered, and I don't mean the royal we, I mean the playtoners and I were offered uh, every Greek script that had ever been written, including, including um, you know, even if it was... Uh, Probably a movie that had originally been set in Germany. By the time it came my way, somebody had taken some white out and made it. It's Athens, really, really, it's <laughs> Athens. And so I, I really wasn't interested in pursuing anything Greek, and I didn't really want to do the sequel yet. I was really looking to do something else. And then Mike Reese from The Simpsons wrote this script, and I... W just fell in love with the whole idea of it and I ran it into Playtone. At the time I was writing a script for Tom Hanks and I said at the end of the meeting, I found this movie and I just want to zhuzh it a little bit but it's, you know, it's, it's this thing and, it's, and he said, what's it about? What's it about? And I said, it's a, a woman who goes to Greece and she's a college professor and the only job she can find is running a tour bus. She's the tour guide of a bunch of um, uh, tourists who don't want to learn about culture. They just want the t-shirt that says I've been to Greece. <laughs> and they brought in the writer Mike Reese and the rest is history. We found Donald Petrie and Donald and I worked and worked and worked the Greek government to give us the rights to shoot at the Acropolis and, uh, and they did it. <laughs> Nia had to sleep with so many Greek officials. Again. <laughs> nobody had ever, I was surprised to learn that nobody had ever filmed at the Acropolis. You're, you're, you made history, I guess, as the first film crew there. So. Uh, and we broke it, but... You broke the Acropolis it, they, without Yeah, we, we knocked it over a little bit, but it, <laughs> it, 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 it's back together now. Crazy glue. Okay, yeah. but you didn't have to blow it up for the last scene. Nothing like that. No. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so um, what attracted you? You had never even. Is it true that you had never even been to Greece? I had never been to Greece, and indeed, I I have a a, a kind of a. I, there are certain rules that when I'm reading a script, I, I look. You know, I it it has to pass certain tests. One, does it make me laugh out loud when I'm reading it? Uh, and usually, I love it to kind of make me laugh and make me cry as well and I want to know you know whether it's relatable or not but there's one other thing and that is that I have found over the years that there is an inverse relation to quality of script and quality of location <laughs> if, if, if it starts out a beach in Greece in the beautiful I know I'm going to hate the script. If it takes place in Minnesota in the winter with two old farts ice fishing, <laughs> I'm going to love that. Right. And, and so when I read this, I kind of went, okay, um, this is breaking that rule. 
And so I had to kind of divorce myself from the fact that it took place in Greece at all these amazing places that I wanted to go see. And I had to read it again thinking, okay, if it, if it took place in Minnesota in winter, would I still like it? And then when it passed that test, and I really, it was more about the characters and the journey that the characters go on that it was more important and then to have Greece as a backdrop was just icing on the cake. Yeah. So tell us a bit about, about your character and this um, I, concept of Kefi that we learn about in the film. Well, you know, uh, uh, you know, obviously we got to shoot this movie in Greece, which is uh, a beautiful location and, and I am indeed Greek. <laughs> and this actually isn't a movie about being Greek or about Greece at all. It is a movie about somebody who is at a crossroads in their life and has to admit they're not happy. And that's what attracted me to it. I, I really personally related to there is a moment in our lives when the job that you have sought after and, and finally had some success at is not everything, is not giving you the, the personal rewards that you thought it would. And that's what my character is going through. She's lost her mojo. She's not happy. And she meets Richard Dreyfus. The, the, at Second City, we were always taught, what is the difference about this day? What's different about this day? And today is the day that Georgia, my character, loses her bus driver, gets who you saw, Poopy, the bus driver, and Richard Dreyfus gets on her bus. And the triangle of the th three of them is what makes this movie happen. And it's, uh, it's, actually, it's great casting. I mean, I want to um, ask you first, I guess, about the, the actor who plays Poopy. Poopy Caucus is his name, uh -huh. uh, which maybe is one of the things that made you laugh out loud when you read uh -huh. the script. But it's, uh, it's a real interesting actor. One of the things that's um, interesting about the movie is that it's got this big group of characters and they're all they're able to evolve and not be what they seem to be at first so you you need to find the actors who can pull that off well if i could just talk about donald's direction for a moment donald did he he absolutely walked a fine line i you you just have no idea how great you are at this the movie is a movie about stereotypes. And at first you're meeting these characters that you think, ew, is this, a, is this one of those cheap movies about stereotypes and about tourists? And that's the beauty of what Donald did. He makes us think that it's this kind of movie. And actually, you're just seeing them through my character's unhappy eyes. And as my character finds happiness through the movie, then these characters also morph. And she sees the beauty in these human beings. And that's what Donald was able to draw out. Don't look at me like it was an accident. <laughs> and it's that's the beauty of it the It was movie. in the writing. <laughs> <laughs> well, so and that's the beauty of this movie. We all every day make generalizations about people that we see and that we meet and we think, oh, it's that type of person. And then after a small conversation you realize, ah, they're actually this type of person. So so check out these Harry Winstons. <laughs> Holy moly. I was telling everybody about my outfit. Are you ready? You know that store, what's it called? Strawberry Fields? It's a store in every street corner. My dress was twelve dollars, but my jewels are on loan from Neil Lane and they're gajillions. <laughs> twelve dollars on loan, gajillions. I get to keep the dress, the jewels go back. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Segway. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was going to segue back to Poopy Caucus after oh, yeah. that. Oh, so yes. <laughs> so we found this actor. Um. Makis Gazis, who was our, our Greek casting director. I mean, our, our first goal was to try to find a real Greek actor 
in Greece to play this role. We really thought that it was going to be impossible and even talked about the idea, I remember, oh, do you think Antonio Banderas could kind of do a Greek accent? Kind of what about Luke Wilson with a brown dye job? You know, I mean, we were, we, were, we were really toying with those ideas. And then this actor, who the first time we saw him was on tape, literally sent back from Greece, and he was just electrical. I mean, it, uh, you just wanted to say, okay, George Clooney got cloned in Greece somehow, and, and I hadn't worked with the actor, I hadn't directed the audition, I hadn't done anything. And he was really good. And indeed, when I started to work with him, uh, you know, I, I, the, the, the biggest thing I had to avoid doing was anything, because what he, what he kind of brought to it very naturally um, was really wonderful. Yes. And, 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 the, and the trick was not to, not to interfere, not, not to get in the way. Indeed, the English as a second language Luckily, Nia, you know, was able to really help him, you know, with the language, but, uh, but at the same time, it, it all worked for the character. It was, it, it was just a natural. And the other actor who you mentioned um, who is so key to making the film work is Richard Dreyfuss, who plays a very central role in the film in really allowing people to see what they need to do to change. I don't want to give away much of the plot, but could you talk about working working with him and, and his um, the importance of his role? In the I, I had a moment when we're sitting, it's in the trailer, we're sitting on the piano bench and what it's Richard Dreyfuss and I are waiting. Donald is doing all the 90 jobs that he would do every day and I was sitting with Richard and we're waiting to, to shoot the scene and we're just kind of chatting and I just was like... Huh, my arm just brushed against Richard Dreyfus. Like I just had a close encounter with Richard Dreyfus, and he's so down to earth and normal, and a very well-rounded guy. He's really well-read, and he's just a lovely person. And he loves to—he'll talk to to everybody on the set. He wasn't—it's not like when Richard got to the set, we all had to roll out the red carpet and bow down. He would talk to the grips and and the atmosphere and the background act, background actors. He's just a great guy. He was probably excited to be working with Nia for Dallas, too. Ah, so. yeah. True, true, yeah. absolutely. I, I think also he's not the kind of actor who then um, disappears in his trailer all day. He's out there. He's out there on the set. And indeed, yeah. he's also, and mind you, you know, I've worked with all, all kinds of actors, and I, I, I'll say that even though I've, I've worked with Lemon and Mathau and, you know, some of the, some of the great Julia actors. Julia Roberts. Yeah. Um, and, and, well... Nobody knew her then. Right, I mean, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but um, Gene Hackman. You know, yeah. I've, I've worked with some really terrific actors, and but I was in I was a, a little kind of in awe when really? I when I first met with Richard. I was really kind of nervous and and because the body of work that he's done, and I I always so look forward to an actor who shows up to the set with ideas that he's. He's kind of, he hasn't just, he doesn't just show up to the set and go, uh, so, okay, what, what scene are we doing? Right. Uh, hand me the sides and I'll quickly learn the lines. Never comes to the set prepared, over prepared 
um, uh, you know, with with really all the background. And like many other characters in the film, he, he starts off as one thing. You think he's just just obnoxious American who ha who's making dumb jokes all the mm -hmm. time. Yeah. yeah, that was a risk that we took with the script and with the direction that we wanted to show what Amer uh, what Europeans think of us as <laughs> tourists. And at first, I think people are uh, it's a little off-putting, like, hey, 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 are they saying that Americans are obnoxious tourists? And what we eventually, oh, I don't want to give it away, okay. <laughs> but that's not what we believe. We wanted to show that stereotype to show how it is actually the opposite. In the same way that when people come here, we naturally assume things about them as well. One thing I wanted to ask you, you mentioned this uh, thing about actors not going back into the trailer. When you make an ensemble film like this, you have a big group of actors and they're sort of all there all the time. Like they're all in, in even if they're in the background. So it's interesting, you sort of keep this um, ensemble going. Rachel, Rachel Dratch and I were at Second City together, <laughs> and Donald's a, a fan of Rachel Dratch's as well. And so when we were casting the American Tourist, you know, we talked about maybe Rachel, and wouldn't it be great if we could get Rachel Dratch to do this ensemble movie? And so I called her up, and I was like, "Do you want to come to Greece, and I'll set you up with one of my cousins?" <laughs> like I was trying everything because I thought, you know, she's a big star, and we're going to get her to come. And she was such a mensch. Like they put her in ha through hair and makeup at six in the morning, and she'd just be on the set all day just doing stuff and so they came up with this thing because so often if the camera was here and I'm here doing the tour guide thing all of them are doing this facing <laughs> me right so they called it backting that okay. they were backting so Don, they, Donald would say to them alright in this backting moment what I need you to emote with this right shoulder is anxiety that she's never going to stop talking and Rachel would be like got it Donald got it so you're thinking that the idea of a blind date with your cousin was more appealing than, the, than like saying you want to part in the movie? <laughs> well, you know, she's working all the time. <laughs> okay. I, just, I wasn't sure about taking her out of the right. thing for six weeks, but she was such a man. Like, she just, we just had a great time. We drank and ate, and it was fun. It, it was the kind of movie that because we were an ensemble and because we were all over there, that um, you know, the usual scenario is okay. Everybody, that's a wrap, and you don't see anyone until the next day. We all and we went out to dinner. Yeah. It, it, it was like it was 24/7. We were on this on this tour of this vacation group. Yeah. Um, I'm telling another story about you. On the Friday night after we'd first finished shooting, we all wandered around and we found each other in the middle of this town square. And so four people sat down, then we saw two more cast members and two, and we joined and joined and joined until we were at this big, long cast table. And Donald and we all found each other, and then Donald bought the entire cast dinner. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it was Euros, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> And Sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> <laughs> and were you running well, into other like bus tours as you were going around the country? Yes, we, uh, we actually, when we, 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 we landed in Greece, we got on a bus, just like the tourists, the whole cast and crew, drove the five hours to get to Delphi, slept, woke up, shot for a day and a half, got everybody on the bus, and the same tourists that had been at Delphi were now at Olympia and saying, <laughs> what are you, following us? Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, was, it was actually fascinating working. The, the other thing about working with an ensemble on something like this mm -hmm. is that you have to kind of convince all these people like Rachel that I know it's not on the page but it's gonna be there because if, if Nia as the tour guide gets up and says something 
and we wrote down every single character's reaction to that line, the, the, the script would have been a phone book. So I had to say to everyone, look, we're, we're going to look for those reactions, all from your character, all, ha all have to come from, from within the character. And indeed, the sound guy had the toughest job because yeah. I wanted everyone mic'd separately. Hmm. So that way, since the, even though they're all reacting at the same time, I could pick, oh, that line and that line in the editing room um, because I had all those tracks separate. So they had freedom to sort of improvise within their characters. Very much yeah. so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Rachel Dratch and Harlan William, Im, uh, Williams um, improvised a lot, a lot, but the, mo the most improvised two parts of the entire movie are the Australian actors. In the script, and this is from <laughs> Mike Reese's original script, all that was written was a lying a dying a dying a dying a Every time the Australian spoke, I did not change a word of it, and that's all we handed Simon and Natalie, and they came up with every single one of their lines, and it was ridiculous. Like, they would just right. say things like, oh, wake up, Australia, and they just say something. We were like, what does that mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you, the, 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 the gag was that, that you, Australians are the nicest people, but you can only understand about half of what they say. <laughs> so the line would start out yep. understandable and then go langa-danga, langa-danga, langa-danga. <laughs> yeah. And then, but, but it fell upon uh, Simon and Natalie, an actual Australian married couple who came in and auditioned together um, to actually go and figure out what the real Australian slang would be to complete the line. Yeah. And most of it, I had, I, I'm sure it's filthy. I'm sure our movie's going to be rated triple X yeah, in one, Australia. At one point, Natalie uh, handed me a beer in the scene. The line that was written was, you must be tired, love. And then she's supposed to hand me a beer, was the action. And she actually said to me in the scene, and the camera's on me, so my reaction is pure shock. She went, you must be tired. Excuse my Australian accent. She went, you must be tired, love. Crack open a titty. <laughs> I was like, what are they saying? <laughs> okay, well, why don't we take some questions um, from the audience? So, raise your hand. I think we will have a mic. So, just wait for the microphone to come to you because we're on, you'll be on the internet. Uh, down here, left. Um, when you were, when you wrote this film as well, I'm assuming. When you no, no, um, this film was written by a man named Mike Reese. He is a Simpsons writer. Oh, okay, right, and right, then, right. Yeah, and uh, but it's very much his script. And of course, I just kind of that writers do that. We just kind of add things yeah. here and there. But it's Mike Reese's script. My question is actually with my Big Fat Greek Wedding. That was adapted from a play, correct? No. No. I had written the screenplay first, but I couldn't get it read, so I did it as a stage play to oh. try to get an agent. Oh, the agents okay. never came, but Tom Hanks <laughs> and Rita Wilson came. Right. They said this play should be a movie. I gave them my screenplay so fast their hair flew back. Okay. They made the me. movie. I still didn't have an agent until a year after the movie came out. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's typical. Well, I, I just my question was then maybe you could answer it in reverse. Yes. The difference between writing a screenplay and a play, yes. because I, I did it myself, adapting a TV idea for film. Uh huh. And it, what's what would be the what was what's the hard thing about adapting one to the other? Well, I actually think going to screen opens infinite possibilities. The only difficulty would be 
honing it and deciding, you, you know, how big are you going to make this thing? But that's for after. I always say, right, 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 get it out. Don't mm -hmm. think budgetary restrictions. Don't think casting. Don't think anything. Don't think page count. Get it out there and then go back and edit and rewrite. Okay, we have a question over here. Hi, I really enjoyed um, my Big Fat Greek Wedding, and I'm looking forward to this. I saw the trailer, and I've already had it on my calendar for a long time. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm a screenwriter, and I had a question about what you did with regards to my Big Fat um, Greek Wedding, and that is this. With the play, how did you decide about paring down your screenplay to make it a play? Because it's been suggested to me about something that actually started out as a film, and we stopped, and I'd like to do it now as a play first and then proceed. Um, with uh, what I did is I did it as a one-woman show, and I took all all the characters that you that were in the screenplay. I played on stage. Like, have you ever seen Jeff Garland or Julia Sweeney's one-woman shows? I went there purely as a spy, and I watched what they did. And I thought, ah, it's not stand-up, which I don't do. And I had done theater, but I couldn't afford other actors. So I just kind of thought, well, wouldn't it be fun to do storytelling? And I, I would suggest that to you. It really, you really find out who you are as a performer when you're by yourself on stage and, you know, a hundred people have come to see you speak for an hour. It was, uh, for me, a, bit, a very big growth experience. We could do that now. Okay, here we go, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, and also, can I tell you something? When you said that you put it on your calendar for the... For the are you going June 5th, the night that we open? Okay, thank you so much. I want to just say this about, we, there are so many movies out there and there's an audience for every movie. And they keep saying that there aren't audiences for women movies or for date movies. But if we go to the movie on the first Friday, on the first Friday, then, you know, it kind of sends a message back. And I just wanted to ask people, if you could go on the first Friday, because my first movie played for a year, and people might think this will be out for a year. <laughs> Not so much anymore. So if you could go on the first Friday, I will write you each a thank you note. <laughs> and, and as far as that first Friday is concerned, guys, when you go see Star Trek on that Friday, pay for my life in ruins and sneak into Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, this question is for Nia. Yeah. Um, aside from maybe tweaking other scripts, what is your inspiration as a writer for writing scripts and also your inspiration for being an actress? Well, for writing, um, with the script that I got to write for Tom Hanks, it was based on an idea that he had. And as you know, we know he's a very prolific, uh, deep man. And I was very honored to get, be given his idea and get to run with it. Um, I also, I'm sorry, this is so name droppy, but I also uh, was approached to um, write something that, an idea that Jonathan Demme had. And I just went, yeah, what you got? And got to write that. And then everything else that I write, not based on someone else's ideas, comes from just someone I know, um, a part of my life, um, a movie that I have, uh, I, I, I directed this year too, it's called I Hate Valentine's Day, and it just comes from, I used to be a florist and I hate Valentine's Day. So just, you know, I draw from my life. Yes. Oh wait, just wait, I'm sorry, oh, just sorry, wait for the sorry. microphone, it's okay. We have, we have one over here, ready okay. to go. Oh. Okay, well, you, then you next. Go ahead. Okay. I'd like to say, first of all, Christos Anesti. Alithos Anesti. And I would like for you to please accept Yaya made some kunabiedas for you. Thank you. Yaya homemade, means grandma, everybody. Homemade Greek cookies. And along with the treat is a treatment that I also made because you inspired <laughs> wow. me. Thank you. And I just would like to know 
how did your mother allow you, as a Greek-American girl, never allowed to do anything, how were you allowed to even enter the theater world? I'll tell you how I did it. I, my, I said to my dad, I want to be an actress. And my dad went, okay, 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 okay. You can be a teacher and you can teach acting. <laughs> and I said, no, dad, I want to be an actress. And he went, I heard you, a teacher. So then I went and I auditioned for a theater school that only accepted five, um, uh, sorry, 25 students out of 5,000 applicants. And I got in by some fluke. I got in. And I said to my dad, I got into that theater school in Toronto and I'm going to go. And he went, no. And I went, dad, 5,000 people auditioned and they took 25 students. And he went, no. And I went, and I'm the only Greek. And he went, you should go. <laughs> 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 don't listen to the naysayers, don't listen to the odds, don't listen to the voices in your head that tell you you're a fraud. I've got them, everybody's got them, everyone in Hollywood's got them. All you gotta do is just create something and get it out there. And it doesn't matter how many no's you hear, you only need one yes. <laughs> I was wondering, I, I did want to ask you about what this film sort of says to you about career, because your character is somebody sort of stuck in her career, and yeah. I'm just wondering if there's any ways that you were re re relating to it or made you, know, made you think about it. Yeah, I, my, my personal, what I was going through personally for the last couple of years is um, I just was kind of hiding out. I had quietly withdrawn from acting because I was just going through um, something personally. I had come to the, the, the end of a long infertility struggle that just had punched me in the forehead and I didn't feel like grieving publicly so I just stepped back and what it did is it gave me a new understanding and appreciation of writing. I wrote six scripts in that time. Mm. Um, some of them dramas, some of them comedies and most of them personal and it was for me exactly what I was layering into George's character. You, you don't know. You have a plan and God has a plan and your plan doesn't count. And you don't know what's gonna happen. What happened for me is, I worked with a foster family agency and was matched with the most perfect little girl who is my daughter. Uh, so that's great. what happened. So, you know, it, life, life is strange and life is wonderful. And I feel like I had to step away to come back and smile again. Right. And, okay. Any, oh, hi. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, oh, over me. here. Hi. Right down here. Okay. Hi from Winnipeg. Hi from, <laughs> hi Winnipeg. <laughs> I know. Um, I think you probably just answer this question, but when I write, like I know my big back week wedding was quite personal. It involves your family, it involves your family stories. Did, did you ever come up with blocks and how do you break through those blocks when sometimes it's a little bit too close to your heart? Like, yeah. Um, my, well, we found that a lot. We would get to a point in the script and we just weren't sure. Um, we also, by the time we were molding the script, we had um, budgetary considerations. And, you know, we don't want to hear about that artistically. We, you know, we're two artists going, no, you know, and, and you, want, you want just someone to write you a blank check and let you write, make a movie. Um, we came to places where sometimes we would think we had it absolutely right and then would both go away and think, oh, it's a little hokey the next day. So what I found, I, I'd like you to answer this too, but what I found is I just write it and then I, I just put it in a drawer and then I go back and look at it again. And every day I write, I sit down, I must sit down by 10 a.m. 
and I start writing. I stop writing when it stops flowing. If it's there at 10 p.m., I keep going. If it's, if, you know, if it's, if it stops at 10:01 a.m., <laughs> I stop. You know, and now it's different because now when my daughter comes home from school, it's different. <laughs> <laughs> but discipline, I think that that's that's key too. Uh, you know, you're you're at least disciplined enough to sit down. Uh, you know, I even say you, you have to go as far as, okay, I'm going to write from 10 to 12. And if nothing comes at 10.05, I'm going to sit here until 12, <laughs> you know, uh, at least make that kind of a commitment. Because sometimes, you know, just by, by sitting there waiting and letting your mind wander and then all of a sudden things open up. But, it, but boy, we're, you know, I, I'm not a writer. I'm a rewriter but I'm not a writer because I just simply don't have that kind of discipline. I have to, I have to move. If, if I'm co-writing something, I'm the guy pacing back and forth. I can't be the one sitting and doing this. Yeah, Donald wore out, I'm sure, several pairs of shoes on the, the, in the, on the pavements of Greece. That's what I would see every day was Donald just moving, moving, moving. And it's right, you're right, it takes, you have to sit and write. So does that answer your question? Just write it through. Uh-huh. Even if you hate it, just, just write it down. There will be a syllable in there that the next day you'll go, oh, okay, I got, I'll use that. Was my family ever mad at me? No, I'm so lucky that my family doesn't recognize themselves in the movie. <laughs> my Aunt Vula, the real Aunt Vula, is like, oh, you captured Thea Maria. Oh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you have to keep her away from this podcast now. Exactly. So. We have time for about two okay, more Okay, two questions. more questions. Go ahead. Hi, how are you? Um, I just want to say it's an honor to meet you today. Um, I was a huge fan of My Big Fat Greek Wedding. It was the only movie my family would go see all together because it was Greek, so I appreciate that. Um, my question to you is because you're an artist and you've worn so many different hats with writing and uh, directing and acting, I just was wondering, do you prefer to be on screen or off screen? I prefer uh, to be on screen. I prefer acting. Um, if I am going to ever direct again, I would like to not be in it because I think it's easier to focus. But I just, I'm, I'm an actor. I only write out of desperation. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Thank goodness. <laughs> Hi, Nia. Yeah. From the uh, two scenes I saw, the weather looked absolutely gorgeous. Where? Was it that way during the whole shoot? He's over here. What? He's over here. Anyway. Up there, yes. And the by weapon. the way, my birthday is on Valentine's Day. Ah. <laughs> um, I th no, the weather was not like that. Donald, do you want to talk about oh, it? We, 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 oh, we, uh, we had, because the, the, it was so difficult to get to shoot at these places that when we got finally the permits, we were shooting on this day and that day only, if it rained, no matter what, that was it. So, so the scenes, for instance, at Delphi that we had scheduled to shoot in a day and a half, I had to shoot in less than one day because it poured rain starting at around three in the afternoon and we just, do, I mean, cloudy you can get away with even a light drizzle you can put up something but I mean it was 
torrential pouring right. rain. And we checked the almanac, and it had not <laughs> rained on the estate in something like 40 years. In uh, uh, the entire <laughs> month, no rain. And on this, it rained so hard, like the gods were mad at us for shooting there. Yeah. On the other hand, there's, there's, there's things uh, I did to, to circumvent that. Uh, knowing that the rain was coming, literally, even, even the... T- I had every camera we could get our hands on shooting. Even It just happened to be a day where the EPK people, you know, the people who shoot the behind the scenes, right. happened to be there that day. And I, I was calling them over, okay, I need you to get a shot of, you know, <laughs> I need you to, and I had them, they, they actually kind of got a little miffed at me because they're, you know, we're not getting paid to be on your crew. We're here to shoot the behind the scenes. And I had them actually going off and shooting pieces with actors in the scene with, and while I'm shooting over here in order to get enough footage to complete the day, even some plates. You know where I just do a lock off so I have it and then I can put the actors in in green screen later (laughs) in good weather so that I had it. Well, I'm sure everybody's going to go out on June 5th to see your movie. June 5th. What are you doing June 5th? I'm (laughs) asking you out. (laughs) (laughs) And I hate Valentine's Day whenever that comes out. Yes, we just uh, just closed the deal with IFC, so we don't know when that's going to come out. But June 5th, this one comes out. (laughs) I think they know that. So Okay. Well, congratulations on the film, and thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Thanks to Apple. Thank you.